You're listening to the Theology Mom podcast. And now, here's Theology Mom, Krista Bontrager. Okay, so the president just uh, got done with the, the press briefing, and I've had some people inquiring this morning about whether or not this is the end of the world. Um, young people, I had one person just message me when I did the teaser that he's heard young people talking about like whether or not this is World War Three, is this the end of the world? And so I just thought I'd share a few things from a Christian point of view. I really like to tie in the news with the historic Christian faith as much as I can. And since I had some people messaging me this morning about this issue, I thought, oh, this might be a good opportunity to to talk about end times a little bit, which is a topic that I don't normally cover a whole lot. So I thought I would jump on here real fast before I run off to work and um, do a short video. So um, you might have seen tweets to this effect. This is one tweet that I did a screen cap of a few minutes ago. Um, I did have to cover up a little bit of colorful language here, but um, you can see this tweet and I cut out the person's name because he's not a blue check mark and I don't want to put him on blast, but he says, what is happening on this planet? We take out Soleimani with a drone strike, Iran bombs, U.S. bases in Iraq, earthquake in Iran, next to nuclear reactors. Iran accidentally shot down a Ukrainian Boeing 737 passenger plane, not to mention Australia is on fire, you know, sort of welcome to 2020. And I think this is a good summary of one tweeter's um, question of what is happening in the world. Yesterday was a rough day. It was like a lot of things happened. So um, I had someone asking me this morning um, about things like this that they were seeing on their social media feeds, a lot of prophetic ministries um, talking about the end of the world. Uh, there, For example, there was this book on Amazon that somebody saw a link to on Bible prof- prophecy and Trump, uh, some thoughts about Daniel 8. Uh, there was a couple other um, screen caps that I got for, um, I don't know if we have those, but they were just sort of prophetic uh, um, links to a prophetic YouTube video by a guy named Perry Stone. Uh, there was another one of, you know, it's sort of the the end. Are you ready? Uh, and that sort of thing. And so um, there's just you might see some of this in your social media feed and people are wondering, you know, what am I to make of this? Now, um, I am old enough now. I, I hate saying this, but I am almost 50 and I've lived enough a life that the world has been predicted to end several times already. And um I have become a little skeptical of such claims and I've had to think through some things. And so if you have some younger people in your life, my hope is that uh, maybe these will help you in your conversations with them. So I want to make six points here. Um, The first point I want to make is that, yes, the world will end. But it's going to end when God wants it to end and not one minute before. Um, Ultimately, this world is God's world and he set it up for us. We live in it. We get to partner with him, but we cannot destroy the world before um, God's 
allowance of that. So we can all just rest assured that even though it feels like the world is running amok, God is still ultimately in control. And uh, we call this the idea of providence in, in theology. And, and God is, is still guiding things and bringing them to his ends and his purposes. The second point I want to make is that only God knows when it will end. Uh, there's a lot of predictions you might see out there. In fact, here's maybe I think we have the graphic now of one of these uh, one of these screen caps. There was one with um, my husband's helping me out here. That, that yeah, let's let's yeah, let's put that one up. Um, this person says has and God has done what He said He would do. Are y'all ready? Make sure you know where you are, where you at in life, because this whole part. Earthquake and fires, God is about to shut it down. Are you ready? And so that's a little frightening, <laughs> but I want to assure everyone that only God knows when he will shut it down. We don't know that. We have been laboring as God's people for a couple thousand years. So, you know, let's um, kind of take a step back and, and not overreact. So let's not make be making predictions about when it will end and that we absolutely know what God is up to. Uh, we don't. Uh, God's purposes and plans, um, he, he reveals some general parameters to us, but many people have predicted the end of the world many times and it has not come to pass. So we don't want to fall into that error. Number three is that if someone is telling you that they know when the world is going to end, you probably shouldn't believe them. Uh, in fact, I know you shouldn't believe them. Uh, don't get caught up in those types of conversations where uh, people know that the world is going to end. And once again, I do want to encourage you, if you are watching this live, you can just uh, put some notes there in the chat box. I'm live streaming both on YouTube and on Facebook, and I'll be here for a few more minutes, not a terribly long time. I have to run away to work. But if you want to uh, join in and ask me any com uh, questions about the end of the world, I will do my best. All right. Number four, uh, what events should we look forward to as Christians? And here I pulled up a little excerpt from the Nicene Creed which I highly encourage all of you to, if you have children, maybe work with them on memorizing the creed. It's a good thing to memorize because it's an awesome summary of our faith. What does it mean to be a Christian? What are the major parameters? And if we, I'm going to scroll down here a little bit toward the end of the Nicene Creed to what it says about the end things. It says, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and the giver of life. And I'm going to skip down a little bit here. We believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Don't get thrown off by the word Catholic. It just means one universal church. It's Catholic with a little C. So all my Protestant friends can just know what that means. We affirm one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look forward to the resurrection of the dead and to the life in the world to come. We can also see up there a little bit that Jesus will... Uh, he has ascended into heaven and he will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. These are some of the major parameters of what Christians have always believed about the end. So we have 
all of the verses about the end of the world in scripture. And these were the statements that the early church thought were the most important, that Jesus is coming again. He will come to judge the living and the dead and that we will be with him forever. And that we look forward also to our own resurrection and the life in the world to come. Um, So when we start talking about a lot of particulars about like the seven year tribulation, the antichrist and, and the false prophet and all of these things, we have to understand that those were ideas that came along about 150 years ago. Um, Those were not the major emphasis of the Christian church historically speaking. And so if we want to keep the main thing, the main thing, if we really want to, um, if we really want to, how can I say this? If we really want to focus on the things that Christians have historically focused on, it's those issues. It's the, the coming again of Jesus, the future judgment. We might say the eternal state of heaven and hell and eternal life. That those are the main things. All of the stuff about tribulation and antichrist and all of those things, those were all things that the church started talking about, those ideas about 150 years ago. So we have to keep that in perspective. Um, I mentioned the rapture. That's part of it, too. Yeah. So um, Kimba is joining me live on YouTube right now. She says hello. And is Monique feeling better? Yes, she is. She's been going to work. We uh, implemented some home remedies and they seem to be working and she is on the road to recovery. And our friend Laura Hartley is joining me live on YouTube and she says, thank you for speaking sanity into these topics. Yeah, we don't want to we don't want to get crazy people. We want to, you know, we want to live our Christian lives in in the way that God designed. Okay, number five. Now I'm going to speculate a little bit. So a speculation is something that I'm not putting forward as a fact. A speculation is my idea, my opinion, and that is all. Okay, so I would say from a speculative standpoint, I do see how a lot of these tragedies are escalating. And again, I'm almost 50. I've lived some life. I, and I do notice some changes. I do notice some, some patterns. And I think that there may be, there could be some deliberate plan on the part of the enemy to increase chaos and fear among us. And that there are a lot of things happening in the world. And a lot of them are very scary. We have things like repeated mass shootings. We have things that we never had to deal with before of bombings and terrorists. And, and we had some of that stuff in the seventies when I was growing up as a kid. And we, I would always hear things on the news about instabilities in the middle East, but it does seem to be escalating in uh, what's happening. And I do think that it could be part of a deliberate scheme of the enemy to program us, to condition us for lack of a better word, and condition our minds to believe that things really are getting worse and worse and to bring us into a place of despair. And I can see that as a possibility. And in fact, in Matthew chapter 24, I have a few verses here as an excerpt from this. This is one of Jesus's last sermons uh, that's recorded in the gospel of, of Matthew. He says, many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ or I am the Messiah And they will lead many astray and you will hear wars and rumors of wars. 
see that you are not alarmed. See that it doesn't bring you into despair. See that it doesn't bring you into overreaction. For these must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes, but these are just the beginnings of the birth pains. And I think that uh, if we skip down a little bit in verse 11, and many false prophets, yeah, right there, uh, will arise and lead many astray. And lawlessness will be increased. The love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. And what I want you to notice from this is our tendency sometimes as evangelicals is just to read the bad stuff at the beginning, the wars, the rumors of wars, the famines, the destruction the false prophets, but I want you to know the optimistic end of it. From a Christian perspective, remember God is in control and the gospel will go out and it must go out before the end will come. So that leads me to my sixth point. What are we as Christians to do? Well, here's what you can do. Okay. You just may have heard the president talking. You're maybe on social media and Twitter and seeing a lot of scary things. So I want to help you think about this and help you to to help talk to your kids about this because they might be frightened, all right? So what do we do as Christians? No matter what happens in the world, Christians need to stay on mission. We must preach the gospel. Matthew 28, 19 is still in effect. We will bring the gospel to the ends of the earth, that Jesus has deputized us with power and authority to bring the gospel, to bring the kingdom near. We just read some verses to that effect in Matthew 20, 24. So that, that kingdom objective doesn't change no matter what's happening in the world, no matter how crazy things get. What we're doing is we are preaching the gospel And that is our mission. Nothing's changed there. Secondly, we're going to stay on mission to love our neighbors. Uh, We want to continue to love our neighbors in good times and in bad times. Uh, Now is not the time to get into a, a posture of scarcity about love or generosity. Now is the time that we want to be trusting God all the more to make provision for us and our family. Now is not the time to fall into despair. Now is the time to show the world who we really are, that we will be the ones that we will trust the Lord, that the Lord is in control. Third, we want to preserve the faith once for all delivered to the saints. We want to work hard to preserve the faith. And in fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, it says this, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. In other translations, it's sound doctrine. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers who suit their own passions. They will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Our job, no matter how bad the world is getting, no matter what's happening out there, we're going to stay calm. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to love our neighbor. We're going to be generous, trust the Lord, and we're going to preserve the faith. We are going to continue to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We will contend earnestly for the faith, no matter what is happening in the culture, no matter how corrupt 
uh, Christians may become around us, we will preserve the faith. Finally, what we are going to do is Christians, we are going to live a holy and quiet life. We are going to go about our business and we are going to live and work and get married and raise a family and do the things that we have always done. And we will trust the Lord. The Lord will make provision for us. We will obey. We will be humble. In second Peter chapter three, it says this, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? This is the question that we are asking right now is in light of the president's statements, in light of all of the unrest that's happening in the world, what kind of life ought we to live? We ought to live a holy and godly life as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens and fire. Remember what I said earlier, the world will end, but it will not end one minute sooner than God wants it to end. Skipping down to verse 14. So then dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Our job right now, no matter what's happening in the world, is to lead a holy life, to be obedient to God's commands, to be a people who trust him and love him. We love our neighbors. We are generous and we preserve our faith. We preserve sound doctrine. That is what we want to be up to. So whatever happens, if we are in the cultural moment right now, of the end, whatever that is. I'm highly skeptical that we are. But if we are, no matter what's happening, our response doesn't change as Christians. Our response is to lead a holy and quiet life, preach the gospel, and love our neighbors. Okay, so I hope that you find this helpful. I hope that this will help you to be able to, to think about these things. But most importantly, again, talk to the kids in your life, the teens in your life, the children in your life, because they're hearing things on the news. They're seeing things on social media. They haven't lived as long as we have. Help them have some perspective and help shape their thinking about what they need to be doing as Christians. What is it that we want to be up to? I do hope that you find this helpful and I look forward to your feedback. Thanks so much for watching my live stream. I do hope you have a blessed day. Bye-bye.